Alaska's the type of place where you can drive for hours at a time without encountering another vehicle, so it's no wonder that a massive abandoned igloo a few hours outside of Fairbanks would look harshly out of place. These are the ruins of Igloo City, a failed gas station hotel that impoverished everyone who tried to save it. This was also the place of refuge for a man who survived a nearby bear attack. But how did this unusual modern ruin come to be? How did it ultimately fall? Today we discover Alaska's Igloo City. I'm your host Ryan Sokash and you're watching It's History. Our story starts in the 1970s when a railroad employee named Leon Smith set out to create a landmark for his town of Cantwell. The idea was to establish a resort between the state's two most prominent cities, Anchorage and Fairbanks, so that tourists and anyone transiting could enjoy a restful stop during the journey. This type of establishment is also rather pragmatic. If weather changes for the worse during a harsh Alaskan winter, there are very few places one can find accommodation. Moreover, the location, mile marker 188.7, is just south of the Denali National Park and Preserve, which offers six million acres of America's most beautiful land, complete with the tallest mountain in North America, Mount McKinley. The park is devoid of human development and has no lodging whatsoever. So having a unique nearby lodge would be a gold mine if one were to play their cards right. With that in mind, Leon salvaged old railroad lumber to build his four-story hotel, containing 58 guest rooms and was capped with a concrete dome in honor of the Inuit architecture. Good intentions aside, scrapping together a building like this stops being fun and games when the state's building code comes into play. You see, the windows of the building were too small to constitute a commercial space, and hence the whole effort was practically condemned. Imagine how heartbreaking that must have been. Leon Smith was an ordinary Missourian native born in 1921. He fought the Japanese during World War II and later worked as a tugboat captain, deep sea fisherman, and logger. He was not a silver spoon and this was like his inverted version of Field of Dreams. You build it with 888 sheets of plywood, you make it so large that airplanes can see it from 30,000 feet in the air, you build it and no one aside from vandals will come because the windows are too small. To make matters worse, Leon and his wife Elizabeth were spent and Leon suffered a permanently demobilizing fall so they had to let go of the dream. Cantwell would never have its regal lodge. In the following years, the property was sold to a gas station owner named Brad Fisher for $300,000. He understood the original vision and attempted to take the igloo up to code. The business transaction was said to have been emotional. Fisher exclaimed, when he sold it to me, there were tears in his eyes. Fisher said he could tell he wasn't ready to give up. Even so, it didn't take long for the new owner to become aware of some rather harsh realities. For one, the structure was not structurally sound to the extent that even a rich man couldn't afford to fix it. Basically, you would have had to tear down this dome and start anew. But even worse, this cursed igloo turned out to be a nasty liability. You see, one thing that the original builder got right was creating hype and draw. Imagine it, you were driving for hours and hours across Alaska when suddenly, out of nowhere, you see a massive, breathtaking igloo. Of course you'd get out of the car and have a look around. 
but you wouldn't expect falling sheetrock, mold, rusty nails, etc. Indeed, trespassing can leave you with a nasty ticket, but this far out? Who would really stop you? All that aside, there is another risk factor here that would stop me from exploring. Grizzly bears. This next chapter is rather intense, which is why my wife prefers I produce these videos from the safety of a studio and not on location. The other benefit is that when I'm home, she can help me with my skincare routine. This video is sponsored by Tiege Hanley, the best uncomplicated skincare system for guys like you and me. Let's start with their level one system to cover the basics. A daily face wash to get rid of the dirt and grime on your skin, a two times per week exfoliating scrub to get rid of dead skin cells, an AM moisturizer with SPF 20 because you should always be protecting your skin from the sun, and a PM moisturizer to help your skin stay hydrated and healthy throughout the night. My favorite part about Teach Hanley is that every box comes with an instruction card that tells you when to use each product, how much to use, and in what order. They really make the process of achieving and maintaining amazing skincare easy. Their products have made my skin look and feel better than ever. Seriously, they have over 5,000 five-star reviews on their website from satisfied customers around the world. In addition to amazing skin, members of Tiege Hanley get tons of benefits, including at least 20% off the retail price, the ability to customize your box, exclusive monthly deals, pause or cancel at any time, free US shipping, and low-cost shipping to most other countries. Now, because Tiege Hanley is sponsoring this video, they are offering my viewers a great deal. Just click the link in the description box and you'll get 30% off your first Tiege Hanley box plus a free gift. Don't miss out on this amazing deal. Click that link and start today. On August the 8th, 1989, a man from Palmer was bitten and clawed by a grizzly bear on the Chalitna River. He managed to fight his way through the woods to the park's highway, where he collapsed near passing motorists. The bear then headed to mile marker 188, where a landowner was checking in on his property. This was the moment that the bear snuck up from behind and grabbed him. Margewell of Cantwell witnessed the attack and described it as follows. It left and came back and shook him again. He said he could hear bones crunching. Fortunately, one passerby noticed the tragedy in her rearview mirror, swiftly made a U-turn, and collected the wounded man. She then took the bear attack victim to the nearby Igloo City. Gordon Waterman was on shift and assisted with the injured man, later remarking, quote, He got really chewed up. His head was cut and bit. We kept talking to him. I asked him how far he came out. He said too far. Now the injuries in both cases were too graphic for me to describe here on YouTube, but miraculously, both men survived. This incident could have been avoided as state troopers had warned that two grizzlies were seen with cubs not far from Igloo City and could potentially pose danger. Gas station owner Brad Fisher was always passionate about the igloo from the moment he met the original owner when delivering fuel to the site. Even so, he finally had it with the gas station operation. He was aging and recognized that the mission was impossible. When gas prices skyrocketed, it was almost impossible to break even. To make matters worse, the property had no utilities, meaning that electricity had to be generated on site. And so it was. They closed down the gas station in the year of 2010 sold the property to new owners, and let proper abandonment settle in. I think it's important to emphasize here that Igloo City is not an official tourist attraction. It's private property, and visitors aren't welcome. So with that in mind, what remains? 
Well, the igloo itself is said to be too large to demolish. It's 80 feet high by 105 feet wide. On the 38-acre lot are a few other abandoned cabins, a building to house showers, and a store. The gas station logo is still standing, overlooking a decaying concrete parking lot. Over the decades, the igloo has changed hands several times, and Alaska's brutal weather has taken its toll, as have the so-called graffiti artists. The windows are broken, and the building's pieces are scattered about the entire estate. What's more, according to Vanescape.com, a travel blogger who had visited the igloo, predators, such as wolves, have been known to use the building as a den. Now, if that's true, and if they have a litter of cubs inside, let's just say that urban exploring will turn rural really fast. But what about the inside of that igloo? Well, Anchorage Daily News describes it as follows. Inside the spherical building on a recent morning, caramel-colored wood creaked beneath footsteps. A draft forced a back door to groan. Snow piled up in drifts beneath open windows, and a stretch of golden morning sun cut across the ground floor. Halted progress has left the building in a state of increasing disrepair. Windows were boarded up or smashed. Graffiti peeked through the snow on the exterior, and broken sheetrock and litter were strewn all across the concrete foundation inside. Still, despite the trash, the igloo shows its meticulous construction. Once inside, one can imagine a small, bustling winter haven. Guests clad in puffy down jackets, rosy cheeks from recent skiing or snowmobile rides, and bowls of soup steaming against the setting afternoon sun. The article continues, Tim Douglas, 30, and his mom, Sharon Cope, 63, were in Alaska for two weeks from Philadelphia. They were snapping photos that morning. Douglas said he was struck by how well-preserved it all seemed. Much of the wood appeared free from rot. Quote, it looks like it's fresh wood, he said. The two wondered out loud why the building never became a hotel or resort, exclaiming, something just doesn't make sense. Cope said as they stared at the floors above, other sources suggest that a motorcycle gang built a bonfire inside the dome, leaving it permanently damaged. As for the gas station itself, the old tanks were found to have contaminated the property, forcing the owner to dig up almost 2,000 yards of dirt as the Alaska Department of Environmental Conservation ordered. This is a story about real people with a genuine passion for their dreams. When the original owner, Leon Smith, passed away, his daughter sent notice to Brad Fisher, expressing concern for how her father's dream was, quote, rotting away. And with a heavy heart, he informed the grieving daughter that to bring the building up to code, he would need to stabilize the chimney and fireplaces, respray the concrete exterior, reinsulate the entire structure, and solve the original window issue. At that time, these repairs would have cost him about $1.3 million or $2 million in today's money. In reverence for Leon Smith's dream, Fisher did what he could little by little, and yet it was never enough. When I imagine Leon and his wife living in their 12 by 12 foot cabin behind the igloo, laboring themselves into financial ruin, I'd hope for the sake of their legacy that this dream will someday become a reality. So with that being said, I'm happy to report that there is some hopeful news. According to unusualplaces.org, the current owner is so determined to preserve the vision that they have vowed to move forward even if the project were to cost them, and I quote, millions of dollars to complete. So maybe it is true. 
Perhaps if you build it, they will come, but in someone else's lifetime. And I suppose that we can only wait to find out. Thank you guys so much for watching It's History. Hit that subscribe button. Check me out on Instagram. And until next time, this is Ryan Sokesh signing off.